Well, good morning, everybody. If you're in the back, come on, sit down. If you are home, keep sitting down. Welcome to church, guys. I was uh, driving to church this morning, and there was this guy playing guitar on the side of the road. This case was open, and he was like, Will, will someone pick me up and take me to church? And I was like, Yes, Matt, I'll take you to church. So... Excited to have Matt back. He wasn't really playing on the side of the road this morning. That wasn't, that didn't happen. But uh, we're excited to sing with you guys this morning and worship. Why don't we stand up together as we sing?
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Sing it, church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Cause you give and you take away. You give and take away. Sing it out. My heart will choose to say. Lord, blessed be your name. You give, you give and take away, God. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Let's sing it, blessed be, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. In all the years I've known Matt, the first time we've ever led worship together. It's pretty awesome. Lord, I come and I confess and bowing here I find my rest without you I'll fall apart You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, is where you are. Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me. Sing it out. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. And every hour I need you. My one defense, my 
teach my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand, I fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need singing out. Lord, I need you. Fantastic. Are you glad you're here today? I, I am really, really glad to be back with you guys. We, Joy and I and our kids, we had a wonderful time of vacation. So fantastic to have Matt back here today, uh, to have Carolyn and Katie and Lauren. Uh, just really glad to have them with us. Uh, most of you know Matt's been really sick with myelofibrosis, a rare form of blood cancer, and had a bone marrow transplant. And so he is... Uh, he's, he's on the road to recovery. Uh, when they did their last test, there was no sign of myelofibrosis. Uh, no sign. So, um, so just understand his immune system is still weak, so it's better for him not to, like, greet with hugs or handshakes or even elbow tags like I do. Uh, so we still want to kind of respect the distance with him. He still needs to wear a mask. And, uh, you know, in our church right now, what doctors are telling us is if you've had two vaccinations, you really don't need to wear a mask. But if you choose to wear a mask, either because you haven't been vaccinated or because of your health situation, the Skinners are welcome here. You're winner. You're welcome here. Everyone is welcome. So uh, if you're a Republican, you're welcome. If you're a Democrat, you're welcome. If you're black, Asian, Hispanic or white, you're welcome. Uh, you know, if you are a tax collector, if you are, I don't know, a zealot, whatever, you're welcome, all right, in the company of Jesus. So we're all welcome here today. So uh, today, as we were singing that song, my heart was just kind of rocked. Uh, because, you know, the truth is, I need Jesus, and I need him today. And, and there's never been a time where I've needed Jesus more than right now. And I know that. I know that. You know... Jesus was, he was, he was such an interesting character in so many respects. I mean, obviously, fully God, fully man. Uh, you know, that kind of sets him apart from most of us, you know. Uh, but, you know, Jesus was a controversial character in his time. By the way, 
And he's a controversial character in our time. Because oftentimes Jesus doesn't come to us the way we expect him to or the way we want him to. But he comes to us the way that he is. And, uh, and sometimes the words of Jesus are hard to understand. And I don't know if you know this. I want to read to you a few words of Jesus talk about this, and I want to lead us in taking communion together. But in John chapter 6, and it's a fascinating chapter, and we're going to spend uh, actually more than a week here because we're going to stay here until we get through it, okay? Because I think it's a pivotal chapter in the Bible. But I want to read to you some words of Jesus that, well, it just kind of made him that much more controversial in his time. And what Jesus says, and this isn't on a slide, it's just I'm reading to you from the Bible. If you want to read with me, you can. It's John chapter 6, verses 53 through 58. And John chapter 6, 53 through 58. And this is what Jesus says. He says, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. don't know if you know this, but in the first century A.D., uh, one of the reasons why Christians, early Christians were hated is because they, the, the people in their generation believed that they were cannibals. Seriously, that when they would take communion, the bread representing the body of Christ, and taking the cup representing the blood of Christ, many people misunderstood this and thought they were actually feeding on human flesh and drinking human blood. The Bible, Jesus, has always been controversial. Uh, But what God does is he speaks to us and he enters into time and space to reveal to us who he is and what he's done to save you and me. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to take communion together. And for those of you who are on this side of the the auditorium who want to participate, please don't feel like you have to. But if you want to participate, you can come over here and you can pick up a cup. And on that cup, there are two little packages. And uh, one has a wafer, well, it's in one package. On the top of it, there's a little wafer. And underneath that, there is the juice. And what I'd like us to do is each of us, those of you who are on this side, come over here, pick one up. Uh, GD will distribute to you over here. On this side, Steve will distribute to you over here. So no one will touch it except for their gloved hands. Okay, so you're, you're safe. But for those of you who want to participate and then take it back to your seat, and in just a moment, I'm going to lead us. Uh, in taking communion together.
All right. This is always a little bit tricky. I'm trying to do this without spilling it all over everything, so. All right, so if you'll take out your little wafer with me, and that's a little top piece of plastic, but if you'll take that out. And in the Gospels, what Jesus says is he says, this is my body that's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. then in the same manner after their dinner Jesus said to his disciples this cup represents my blood do this in remembrance of me God today we come to you because we need you Uh, we don't come to you as people who are great or have anything to recommend ourselves to you we just simply come to you as people needy people who need the sacrifice of Jesus And today we worship you. Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, for my pardon, this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus, for my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He's so precious. So is the flow that 
This is all my hope and peace. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Heavenly Father, this morning we worship you. God, we thank you for um, the gift of song where we can come and sing. Uh, God, we can stop in the craziness of our week and take time to worship you, God. We thank you for this place and this time together. We probably sing your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jason and Matt. Good morning. It's so good to see everybody today. It's great to see some faces that I haven't seen in a while, and it feels so good to be home. Um, You know, it's always nice to get away for a few days, but it's always just a gift to come home, so we're so thankful to be back home with our Solana Valley family. So we are really glad you're here today. If you're new for the first time today, I want to give you a special welcome and let you know that we do have our kids program that's going on right now that we have on Wednesday nights. Our youth group meets here at the church, and then we also have small groups available for the whole family. So this past year, um, it's truly been a gift to be able to continue to worship even if we'd been at home. We've been worshiping online for a long time. But now that things are opening up, it's such a blessing to see faces and to be back together. And so we just want to encourage you to come back to church in person if you're able to do that. Um, I know today I got to hug some people for the first time in a long time and this week, and it felt so good. And uh, when when Gary and I were back visiting our families, it had been two years since we had seen my parents or since we've seen Gary's mom and sister. And, you know, throughout this the the past couple of years, you know, we've called each other and, you know, tried to stay connected through the phone. Um, but there's nothing like hugging someone. <laughs> there's nothing like when I saw my mom and dad giving him a hug and seeing him face to face. And uh, it just made me want to cry because there's nothing like that human touch because God made us to need each other and we need that connection and that that human touch. So I'm so thankful that things are opening back up. It's so great seeing so many of you here today. We're glad that you're here. 
So one of our values here at Solana Valley is being relationally warm. And one way that we can really do that is in our small groups. And as I mentioned earlier, um, if you connect in a small group, one of the best things for me, not only is it really friendship, but it's really getting in the word um, building friendships and having that encouragement. Because the truth is, is all of us go through difficult things during the week and having someone else to really talk to about it and pray with you and not just um, to kind of feel stuck, but to say, this is what's going on and can you pray for me? And everybody needs that kind of connection in their life. So I want to encourage you, if you're not connected, um, check out our SVC app under groups. And we do have some a co-ed group going on. We have a men's group that's going to be starting. And we have a couple more weeks in our ladies' group, even though the app says we're, we're done. We have two more weeks starting next week. Um, so we'd love for you to join us. Plug in wherever you'd like. So this Wednesday, um, our kids and our youth group are going to be having a bowling party at Stars in Vacaville. It'll be at 7 o'clock, and it's $5 per kid, so that sounds like fun. Um, so um, if you have any questions uh, for kids or youth going to Stars um, this Wednesday, uh, July 7th, see Kimberly Brown um, with questions. But if that's you, if you've got kids or if you're a young person and you want to um, have some fun bowling, um, come join us this Wednesday at 7 at Stars. Also, next Sunday, which is July 11th, we are going to be having our revival prayer time. And we've been doing this for um, quite a while now, meeting once a month. We meet right here at the church at 630, and we come together, and we worship the Lord, and we pray and seek his face about anything that is either on our hearts or concerns about our community and our country. And one of my favorite verses is Second Chronicles 714 and it says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land and that's why we want to seek God together in prayer we want to seek him as a community as a church and so we invite you next Sunday at 630. So right now we're going to continue our worship with our tithes and offerings, and this is an opportunity for us to give back to God a portion of what he has graciously given us. And so there are four ways that you can give. You can give online at solanavalley.org slash giving. You can tap give on the SVC phone app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road. Fairfield, California, 94534. And you can text GIVE to 707-883-3019. And if you're here in person, you can put your offering. And we have a little silver slot in the back of the church behind the sound booth. And you can just put it right in there. So thank you for your generosity. And uh, we're going to continue this morning with Gary coming on up. And he's going to preach on John chapter 6. So I'm excited about that. So take it away, Gary. It's green. All right. Hey, welcome. Those of you who are watching from Facebook or YouTube, I think a moment ago I may not have had my mic on, so if you didn't hear me, I apologize. Um, so, um, wow. A um, couple of things, a couple of things real quick, and then I'll, I'll get into our message today. Uh, let me get this over here to the side just a little bit. Um, real quick, hey, if you are a man, uh, in our church, or if you're a man not in our church, 
Well, I guess you wouldn't be here right now. But anyway, if you're a man, uh, on uh, July the 19th, that's two weeks from tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, if you like good food, we're going to do a barbecue at my house, okay? Uh, so if you'd like some more information about that, I put together a little uh, a men's barbecue sheet, a little fact sheet here, and it talks about what we're going to do. We're going to eat, hang out, and do man things like spit and stuff, okay? So it's, it's really going to be like low-key. It's not like heavy-duty church stuff. It's just kind of an opportunity to, to kind of rub shoulders again. I think we've been so isolated by COVID, and I think the church is the church when we're coming together and we're making really good, healthy connections with one another. And I believe, guys, for us as men, I just I can't speak to you. I don't know your experience. I just know what's true for me, and I'm pretty sure this is backed up by Scripture that that we always do better uh, as men when we are re- we have really good, healthy connections with other men. Uh, the other thing I've observed in my life when I do not have healthy connections with healthy men growing in a relationship with Jesus. I found that a lot of times that's when I've struggled the most spiritually. So, uh, so this is just something we're going to be doing uh, on the 19th. Would love for you to do that. Uh, a week after that Monday, I'm actually going to launch a new men's group uh, that we want to be able to do right here uh, for men who are interested in doing that. It'll be a sermon response group where we talk about the message from the previous day. So I'll get you more information about that later. But wanted to tell you guys about that men's barbecue. So... Um, Happy 4th of July. Did I say that? Yeah, happy 4th of July. Uh, you know, our nation is not a perfect nation, but our nation, if you think about it, our nation, we enjoy a lot of freedoms that many other people in other parts of the world do not enjoy. And when you look at history, human history, which is about 5,000 years long, and I've studied history, I was a history major in college you know, very few people have enjoyed the things that we enjoy as a nation. And so uh, that is just something that we want to be grateful for. So 245 years ago today, we declared our independence from an, a monarchy that really didn't care that much uh, for the original people living in the 13 colonies that became our nation. And so we declared our independence. But you know what? Today, we, we also want to celebrate a different kind of independence. And it's the freedom that we can have in Jesus. And Jesus, yeah, Jesus he, 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 um, he didn't come to set us free from a foreign oppressor. He came to set us free from a greater tyranny, and it's the tyranny of sin. And it's really fascinating because the text of Scripture we're going to look at today, there were a group of people who were looking for a kind of Messiah. They were looking for a kind of Messiah who would set them free from the tyranny of Rome, a foreign oppressor. And they were looking for a Messiah who would lead Israel back to greatness. And what we're going to see, this is really fascinating. This is really fascinating. It's it's so fascinating. In John chapter 6, verse 2, and this isn't on our slides yet, Nathan. I'll get there in a moment, okay? Uh, in, in, In John chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says something very interesting. It says, a great crowd of people followed him. A great crowd of people followed Jesus. I mean, there were like huge masses of people following Jesus. I mean, they followed him out into very, very lonely places. Large numbers of people. Because they saw the signs that he did. And the miracles he performed healing the sick. But a little bit later, 
in John chapter 6. So you got that on the very front of John chapter 6. But at the very end of John chapter 6, in verse 66, the Bible says this. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. What happens? What happens between Matthew 6, 2 and Matthew 6, 66? And, I, and I, I, I want to spend a few weeks here addressing this because I think it, has, it was important then, but I also think it has some importance for us right now. I do. I do. All right. So um, let me talk to you for a moment about my truth, and let me talk to you for a moment about God's truth. And some of you, you may be like, well, okay, what do you mean by that? And I'll get into that here in a second. But, but let me talk to you about my truth. Let me talk to you about God's truth. Let me talk to you about me, and let me talk to you about God. And let me talk to you about something absolutely huge and enormous, okay? That according to scientists, I'm not a scientist, all right? I'm not a scientist. I studied history. I studied theology. I'm not a scientist. But according to scientists, at least according to Google, uh, according to scientists, our universe is 13.77 billion years old. That's like older, that's older than me, all right? It's like really, really old. Okay, just so you know this, 13.77 billion years old. The, the recorded history covers a time frame of roughly 5,000 years. But the universe is 13.77 billion years old. The observable universe is 93 million Light years across. So however long it takes for light to travel in a year times 93 million, that's how large our universe is. Um, And in this universe, this observable universe, scientists tell us that there are one billion trillion stars. Okay, let me talk a little bit about me for a moment. My place in the universe is very, very, very small. Okay? It's like, I don't know, smaller than a... a it's, 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 it's almost what you could call insignificant. Insignificant. In this big, huge expanse, Of a cold universe, I have this real small, tiny part. But what I want you to consider for a moment is this. Is that as old as the universe is, and as large as the universe is, God is eternal, and God is infinite. And what I mean by that is if I am very tiny in the universe, God, uh, the universe is tiny in God. And if the universe tells me that I am small and insignificant and unimportant, God tells me that I am very important. I'm important to him. My truth, God's truth. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are, and I borrowed this idea from Tim Keller, who borrowed this idea from C.S. Lewis, but I'm going to update it for you just a little bit, all right? 
Uh, I want you to imagine for a moment, anybody here ever see a Star Wars movie? If you've seen a Star Wars movie, would you raise your hand, please? Okay, so a few of us have seen Star Wars, okay? Imagine for a moment we are characters in the Star Wars movie. I'll be Luke Skywalker, okay? You guys, I don't know, y'all can be Chewbacca or I don't know, what are those little minions that run around? What do they call those little things? I don't know. Anyway, you can be whoever you want. You can be Darth Vader if you want to, all right? So be, you can be whoever you want to in the Star Wars saga. But the only way that you or I could ever know George Lucas, the, the creator of the Star Wars saga, the only way that we could know George Lucas is if George Lucas somehow wrote himself into the script. And revealed himself to us. It would be impossible for me as a character in the saga to ever discover the writer and the creator of the saga. Apart from the creator writing his story into my story. And apart from him revealing himself to me. What God has done. Actually, let me. Let me. Let me just back away from this for a moment. What if God writes himself into the story of human history? But what if we don't like him or his message? Then what? Now, this is really important because it's exactly what we see in John chapter 6. Is that what God does is God writes himself into time and space. He writes himself into the story of human history to speak to you and to speak to me. Which truth is greater? My truth that comes from within or his truth that comes from above? John chapter 6. I want to begin here. Uh, Well, actually, I want to begin with something different. Before we look at John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, I want to share with you a short confession. A short confession. This is something that was created by a friend of mine, and then I made it better, okay? Uh, I have a buddy of mine. He he pastors a church back in Arkansas, and he likes to say this before before he opens his Bible to preach to the people uh, of their church. And he's he's a wonderful pastor, a great church. uh, But but this is kind of my confession, okay? And, And I understand all of us come from different places. My confession may not be your confession. But this is my confession. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Every word of God is true. It is our final authority, our ultimate authority in all matters of life and faith. Where my life differs with God's Word, I will choose to change. I will choose to change. I will change by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if my confession is your confession, but I want to come back to this as we look at the message of Jesus in John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, verse 115, and this kind of gives us a context of the message that we're going to hear from Jesus. In John chapter 6, verses 1 through 15, the scripture says this. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. 
the Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Philip, um, he asked this, Jesus asked this only to test Philip. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take more than, than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Actually, the NIV translates this as half a year's wages. In reality, what it says is 200 denarii. 200 denarii. A denarii was one day's wage of a common worker, a common person. You, me, just average people. And if you account for they would rest on the Sabbath, but six days of work, that would come out to roughly, roughly around 33 weeks or eight months, eight months wages. The whole point of this isn't the amount of money. The whole point of this is for most of us to give up eight months of our wages would probably be a little bit of a challenge, okay? I doubt if anybody did that this Sunday when you offered your offering, okay? But what, what he says, what Philip says, hey, it would take eight months' wages. It would take 200 denarii. And, and even if we did that, Philip says, um, even if we did that, they wouldn't buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Verse 8. Another of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Andrew said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? And then Jesus said, had the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Scholars tell us that including women and children, this was a crowd easily of ten to 20,000 people in a very remote place. Jesus then took the loaves, he gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, filled the twelve baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet. Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus knew that they intended to come and make him king by force. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Sometimes, sometimes God tests us to teach us that when human resources are inadequate to minister to the needs of others, God's provision is super abundant. In this text, there are a couple of things that are very, very obvious. A couple of things that are very, very obvious. The first thing is this, is that there were so many people and the need was so great, there was no human means to respond to this need. Okay, that's the first thing. That's very, very obvious. The, the second thing that's obvious in this text, and I'll talk about this more in a few minutes, the second thing that's obvious in this text is, is it, it was this, what Jesus did was not just a, a miraculous sign. It was a sign that the people totally 
misunderstood and didn't get. They totally misunderstood it. They missed it entirely. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a few minutes. I want to share with you four takeaways, if I can, from this text. Four takeaways that I think are important for us. First takeaway is simply this. This is that Jesus tests us to teach us. Okay? Jesus tests us to teach us. That what we read when we read the scriptures here is it says that when Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Verse 6, he asked this only to test Philip. See, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Jesus knew how he was going to meet this need. But he tested Philip to teach Philip. He was testing Philip to show him where his resources were inadequate. Well, God's resources are super abundant. And, and that brings us to the, the, the second thought here. The second, uh, the second lesson or takeaway we have from this text is that, that when, uh, when our resources are inadequate, God's resources are super abundant. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you felt like you had a great need and you had no way to meet that need. Okay? I don't know if you've been through that experience. I, I've been through that experience a couple of times. I've been through it uh, as a, you know, just a person, uh, as a husband and a father trying to supply for his family. And I've been through that experience as a pastor. That, that a few years ago, back in 2015, uh, Joy and I, our family, we, we, we went through two major medical emergencies and crises. Uh, one with Joy, uh, where she was very, very sick. Uh, the doctors thought it was cancer. Uh, she had a very large tumor. They did not know what it was. They didn't know how to treat it. And uh, I was praying for her. Many of you were praying for her. And in response to our prayers, it, it was so fascinating. I, I remember, I remember, and I've told this story before, and I'll keep telling this story because I need to tell the story for me. I've I got to keep reminding myself of how God was faithful. And what happened was, I remember I was, we were driving back from Napa one day where we like to go and we like to have lunch. And I remember that day, I just asked Joy, what has God, uh, what has God been saying to you through all of this, through this experience? And I remember we were on Highway 121, the back way coming from Napa, coming back to Fairfield. And I remember the part of the drive we were on. And I asked her this question. And, and what Joy said is, is she, she said, well, and she quoted her Aunt Linda. She said, I, I had asked her, what has God been saying to you? And her response was, um, this is when the promises of God become real. Now, later that day, Joy didn't have to take a nap to recover. I mean, she, every afternoon she had to, 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 to take these naps. And I remember that day she didn't have to, to take a nap. And, and I remember a week later we were in Muir Woods with, with Caleb and with Faith. And we were hiking. And we were on a fairly strenuous hike. And she had no problem. And all of a sudden I realized God had healed joy. There was no way she could have done what she did. And the, 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 
the, the tumor began to shrink, and, and the doctors didn't know what it was. They didn't know how it came on her. They didn't know how to diagnose it. They didn't know how to treat it. But God acted. God worked. Later that year, oh, um, our youngest daughter, Faith, ended up in the hospital for 10 days. Ended up in the hospital for 10 days. And the reason she was in the hospital is they didn't know she'd live or die. Okay? Uh, her heart muscle was so weak, they didn't know if it stopped, if they could start it again. And that's why they kept her in the hospital. It was from a, an eating disorder. And, and, and through that experience and, and through the months that followed when she was in, in, in uh, a... Uh, 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 in, in in-house, what do you call it, a recovery program, that she, she began to recover. And God brought healing to her, her body, and not just her body, but to her heart. And she's doing well today. She's doing really well. But in the middle of all these things that were going on, our financial bills, our medical bills, <laughs> they were enormous. I mean, it was the, the, the biggest, biggest debt I've ever had next to owning a house. And in California, that's substantial. All right? And I was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to pay for this. I don't know how to keep my older kids in college and then pay off this medical debt. And I remember we were just, I was crying out to God. I was on my face, literally on my face, saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I remember... uh, it, it was on a, a Thursday. It was on a Thursday, and, and I had been praying. And I didn't know how I, my kids would be able to go. I didn't know how Caleb would be able to continue his degree work at, at, uh, down at Cal Poly in mechanical engineering. And I thought, I, I just, we don't have it. We can't, I, we can't send our kids. I don't know how we're going to do this. And I remember that day, he got an email saying that he had a grant for $5,000. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was like a wink from God. I'm here. I'm going to care for you. And, 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 then, and, then, and, then, uh, and then that following Monday, I remember we sat down to do bills together. And I remember we, we opened up and we looked at our medical bills. And all of a sudden, our bills were like a lot smaller than they had been, like a lot smaller. And I was like, you know what? I, I think there's a mistake here. I mean, it was like, it looked like somebody were, was paying off our bill for us. That's what it looked like. And I thought, I thought, you know, what, what, how did this happen? And so I thought, well, let's call up Kaiser and let's find out what's going on. And so we called up Kaiser and I said, I, you know, we have this bill, but I think our b- bill might not be right. Is there a mistake? And I remember this woman said, oh, yeah, there is a mistake. I'm like, I'm ready to say, you need to add three zeros to that number, you know. I'm like, I'm like okay, what, what, what's it going to be here, you know, because I'm hearing mistake and I'm expecting it to be a whole lot more. She said, oh, you see this part of the bill where you need to pay this? You don't have to pay that anymore. And I was like, really? And she said, oh, and you see this other part of the bill? You don't have to pay that either. And I'm like, What? And then she says this, oh, by the way, we're going to be giving you a refund. Anybody ever get a refund from Kaiser before? I did. You know, and what we had done is we had applied for hardship, but they had said, you know, don't expect anything for 45 days or or 90 days. And this happened like in the space of a week. 
But what I have seen is over and over again, I remember where we've gone through, through times as church where we were tested back during the recession. I remember there was a time where we didn't know how we were going to pay uh, our lease for our church. And I remember we decided that we would have uh, the biggest outreach of the year that year on the week after our church was going to close because we wouldn't be able to pay the lease anymore. And I remember that that following Sunday when we, when we, we scheduled it, the week after we were supposed to close, we met and we had 300 people in the sanctuary. We had our biggest outreach of the year. In fact, I think it's the biggest outreach we've ever had in this church. But God was faithful. God was faithful. See, when, when our resources are inadequate, God's resources are super abundant. Third thing I want you to see here is Jesus cared for the physical needs of others, and we should too. That what Jesus does is, is he looks and he sees the multitude coming to him. He tests Philip. But then what he does is he takes these five small barley loaves from this little boy and these two fish, and he feeds a multitude. He cares for the physical needs of others, and we do too. What I want to do right now, Jason, why don't you come up, and why don't you talk to us about how can we, uh, how can we help meet the physical needs of other people? Okay? Absolutely. Hi. You guys doing all right? Yeah. So I really like story. I love stories. I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. I love understanding story. Um, we were, uh, many years ago, I was driving, we were driving uh, on a road in Africa. It's a little understatement to say it was a road. We were um, in a bus, and every time the bus would hit a bump, my head would hit the ceiling. And we're driving, and I'm hitting this, my head's hitting the ceiling over and over again. And our translator turns around to me and says, hey, we're about to get to the village where you're going to meet this little girl, the little girl that you sponsor. And I'm anxiety, like flaring up, going, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I get out of the bus. Well, sorry, we pull up, and this, the kids are scattering around the bus. And they're, and they're kind of like, there's tons of kids as far as I could see. And I get out of the bus, and I'm holding Joyce's picture folder. And I'm, I'm looking in the crowd, and I'm, my eyes locked with hers. And I've never seen this, that big of a smile come across a little girl's face. And you know why? Because she knew that she had been chosen. She knew that she had somebody that cared for her. I'm getting emotional telling the story. It's been a long time since I've told this story. I, trying to, I told myself I wasn't going to do this. She knew she had been chosen. And everybody desires to be chosen. Amen? Let's watch a video. wanted to sponsor a child through World Vision. But unlike so many sponsorship events before, this one was a bit unexpected. Instead of having people choose a kid from a set of photos, like sponsorships have been done for decades, we did something that we've never done before.
The choice is theirs. The choice to take hold of their future, to pursue their God-given gifts, to become change makers in their communities, and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. is that you have an opportunity today to be chosen um if you text the word story to 56170 um you're going to get a link back uh and the link will take you to a page where you can fill out a form and uh you'll fill out the form and you'll become you get to become um a child sponsor now you're not choosing the child the child's choosing you and how that works is you're going to upload a photo of yourself Uh, take a selfie of yourself, if you have a family photo on your phone, you can upload it, and um, they're going to World Vision prints it out, and they do what they call chosen parties. They take the photos into a village, and in the village, um, kids will choose who their sponsors are going to be, and then you'll get a photo of the child holding your photo. And so five six one seven zero. Um, I don't think Gary will mind if you're distracted through the rest of his message as you're on your phone. Um, but text it, text the number. We're going to be hanging out afterwards if you guys have questions about what that looks like. Um, but it's $39 a month if you're curious on the cost. And then um, you, you can be chosen, and you get to understand what it, what it means and feels like to be chosen and, and, to, and to make a difference in the life of a kid. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Jason. You know, for almost 40 years now, I've been sponsoring children in a similar fashion through a group called Bibles for the World. And uh, after Joy and I got married, uh, we began to partner and do it together. And today, uh, two of our adult children are also sponsoring children in Africa uh, through both Compassion International as well as World Vision. And I, I know every once in a while I'll hear people who object to the idea that there is a God, and they'll say, why does God allow something like global poverty and, and world hunger? And I feel like the God right now in heaven says, why did these people allow, why do they allow global poverty and world hunger? That we actually have the means to end it. We may not, I may not as an individual be able to end it for everybody, but I can end it for somebody. And that's really what it takes. It takes each of us, like being like the little boy, giving up our fish, giving up our loaves of bread, a lunch. <laughs> a lunch. You know, I mean, for $40, I mean, I mean, you know, that, that's like going out to eat, you know, one time, you know, once a month. And, and, and we have that capacity. And to eat a lot of food, we don't necessarily need to eat, like fajitas and fried ice cream and okay i'm talking about my dinner on friday night anyway so um so you know it's like you know we jesus cared for the physical needs of others and so should we fourth thing fourth thing from this text going back to scripture and going back to what jesus does in john 6 1 through 15 the 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 fourth Thing I want you to see is simply this, the fourth takeaway. Jesus meets a physical need to teach a spiritual truth. Don't miss the point. See, Jesus feeds a multitude to reveal to him that he is the bread of heaven. 
Jesus meets a physical need to, to teach a spiritual truth. And we need to be very careful. We don't miss the point. This is like super fascinating to me. So interesting. Because what were the Jews looking for when Jesus comes to them? Or actually, they came to Jesus. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah who would make Israel great again. They were looking for a Messiah who would throw off the tyranny of Rome. But that's not why Jesus came. He didn't come to liberate us from foreign oppressors or tyranny. He came to liberate us from the tyranny of sin within. He didn't come to reign over a nation. He came to rule in our hearts. To rule in our hearts. By the way, when Jesus reigns in our hearts, you know what happens to crime? People who were once criminals are no longer criminals. They are people, they become children of God. You know what happens when, 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 when Jesus reigns in our hearts? We solve problems like world hunger and, and global poverty. We, um, we become the difference makers. Uh, this last week, Thursday, uh, you know, while, while I was on vacation, I was just praying and asking God, God, how do you want me to invest the rest of my life in building your kingdom? I just asked him the question, God, how do you want me to invest my life in building your kingdom for the rest of my life? Whatever that is, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, however many years you give me. How, many, what, what do you, how do you want me to invest my life in building your kingdom? And this is what I felt like God said to me. Is I felt like God said, I want you to keep teaching and preaching God's word. I do. I want you to keep doing that. I, I want you to invest in men. Hence, barbecue, my house, July 19th. And Bible study following week. I want you to invest in men. I want you to invite men to follow Jesus while you follow Jesus. But I want you to invest in men. Uh, and I, I want you to. I want you to continue to lead the church as a pastor. But the other thing I really want you to do is I want you to get more into the community. And this is something I've been wrestling with for a long time. I've been wrestling with, well, how do I do this? How do I get more involved in my community? Because I'm looking and thinking for years past, you know, I was always kind of involved in our community through things like, I don't know, you know, served on a couple of, you know, councils, the mayors with the mayor and stuff like this. And I did some different things like with Rotary. And, I, I, you know, and for years my kids were involved in, you know, youth sports. And so I was very involved in the sports in our community with our kids and what they did. But now all my kids are grown up and they're all leaving us, you know. And I've been really wrestling with how does God want me to be more involved in my community where I'm rubbing shoulders with people who don't know Jesus. And so I can invite. By the way, we have a really neat invite card in the back. Please, when you leave, pick one up and invite a friend next week. But I've been asking myself, how do I get more invested in rubbing shoulders with other people in our community so I have opportunities to tell people about Jesus? I want to be more of an urban missionary like Dan Mikola. By the way, Dan, you did a great job last week. Thank you. And, and so this Thursday, I went over to the Groves apartment complex. Anybody know the Groves? It's over on uh, Sunset in uh, Tabor, you know? 
And it's not a part of town I typically go to real often. But I went over there and I hung out with a bunch of kids, fifth grade and younger. Had a blast. I got to read a book to them about Noah's bark. No, it was fun. It was really fun. Got to play kickball with the kids. Uh, and and I, I just, you know, and, and I'm going to go back again this week. And I'm going to go back the week after. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little bit of my time every week for the next three months. And I'm going to invest there. And I'm going to experiment in a few other ways. But I believe that God, you know, why am I getting off on all this? I, I believe that God wants us to meet physical needs the way Jesus was meeting the physical needs of people there to proclaim a spiritual truth that Jesus That Jesus saves. He has saved me. He has saved me. And he saves others. And I really believe this is supposed to be the investment of our lives. All right. According to scientists, our universe is 13.77 billion years old, contains one billion trillion stars, and it's 93 million light years across. And in this cold, impersonal space, I am somewhat insignificant and unimportant. But God is greater than the universe. He isn't just 13.77 billion years old. He is eternal. And God is not infinite. He is not confined by 93 million light years of space. He is bigger than all of that. He is infinite. And and in his heart and mind, I'm important and so are you. My truth does not come from within. My truth comes from above. That God has has entered and written his story into time and space so that he might save us. Uh, Today, I'll close with this. And then, uh, guys, you can go ahead and come on back up, Matt and uh, Jason. Um, Today, if you want to know more about the God who saves, and if you want to be saved, uh, you can come up, you can talk with me. Okay, I'll just I'm just today I'm going to be right over here. And then uh, uh, I don't know if if one of our guys could go back there back at that corner at the at the door. Make sure everybody gets greeted when they leave. But also we have some little things, you know, that invite men to the barbecue. Make sure one of those gets in the hand of every man before they leave. If they don't want it, you know, I don't know. Wrestle them down, you know. No, don't do that. Don't do that. They don't have to take it if they don't want it. But, you know, if, if they like good food, you know, want to have a good time. So, um, so I'm going to turn over to you guys. Uh, did I pray? I, I didn't pray. We, we should probably pray. We should probably pray, okay? God, you are great and you are awesome. You are much greater than the expanse of this universe. God, you are older than time because you are eternal. And yet you don't grow old. You are relevant to every part of our lives. You are relevant in this moment.
God, I am thankful for a truth that doesn't come from within, but a truth that comes from above. Lord, help us to be open and receptive to the truth of the teaching of Jesus as we begin to explore his teaching together over the next two or three weeks. And I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Gary. That was awesome. Um, if you guys think about it over the next couple of weeks, um, pray for our family. Um, we're going to be, um, we're leaving tomorrow morning on a 5,000-mile road trip, going across the country and coming back and playing playing at several different churches and um, teaching, at, teaching at a conference, doing some workshops, uh, seeing the country, and just, uh, so we're going to be gone. I'm going to be gone from here for a few weeks, and then, uh, but we come back like the 25th, so we're gone for 20 days. Um, but we're leaving tomorrow morning bright and early, driving to Salt Lake City. So it's a big first day. So if you think about it, um, pray for us over these next couple of weeks. Why don't we stand up together as we close? Who breaks the power sin and darkness? Love is mighty, God. So much stronger, the King of glory. The King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. Unfailing love that you would take my place, God, that you would bear my cross. You lay down your life that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you. Who brings our chaos? Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan, our son and daughter, the King of glory, the King above all kings? Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place, God. That you would bear my cross. Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, worthy is the King who conquered the grave, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, God, 
Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy God. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place, God. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. I sing for all that you've done for me. One more time, sing Jesus. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Amen. You guys have a great 4th of July.